This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry, how we feeling, my friend? It was a great weekend, Gordon. How was yeah. yours? Yeah, it was It was very nice. What'd you do this weekend that was so fun? It was just just uh, not watching a lot of Mets. Yeah, that, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. You know, um, just doing, you know, hanging outside a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. had a show on Sunday, which was pretty good. And so it was it was like it was like a nice weekend. Gordon was chilling and it was weird not having to work last night. Thank you, yes. Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to the Denver Nugget fans who have been waiting a very long time. And their team uh, is NBA champions. Kind of like how we thought there might have been some twists and turns along the way. But before mm-hmm. the series started, I think we both kind of felt like it was the Nuggets easily and uh, the Nuggets in five. And that's what it turned out to be. That's what it turned out to be. And, um, you know, it's it's real interesting to see. Now, what changes Miami is going to make, right? Because when you get this far and you realize, you know what, we, 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 we're in the mix, but mm-hmm. we're, we need to do some other things. And I'm very curious to see if they're going to try to add some more height to their team, Gordon, because of the fact of how they were just, you know, uh, just undermanned height size-wise against Denver. Or do they just say, you know what, let's try that. We like our team the way it is. Let's just try to spread ourselves and get a couple more shooters. You know, because they could say, well, listen, if Tyler Hero hadn't gotten hurt, it could be a totally different series. We might have done something differently because we were able to do some things. We just weren't able to hit the threes that we needed to hit, right, to to offset the size of the Denver Nuggets. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Mr. Pat Riley does to turn this team around. But I have to admit, Gordon, it's kind of nice to see Pat Riley. Yes. Head down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they are kind of in a, a tough spot because Jimmy Butler next year is on the hook for $45 million. Wow. Bam out of Bayou is on the hook for $32 million. Kyle Lowry's on the hook for $29 million. And Duncan Robinson is on the hook for $18 million. And Tyler Hero's on the hook for $27 million. So mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of room, a whole lot of maneuverability because, um, you know, you, you assume that's the core of the team and mm-hmm. you want to add to the core, but it doesn't really feel like they have a whole lot of other things that anybody would be interested in and also don't have any room to operate under what the salary cap is going to be. So... They're in a very tough spot where it kind of feels like this is their ceiling, and now they got to try to figure out a way to to raise the ceiling some. And a couple of free agents, Struts, mm-hmm. Love, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they could be losing some folks anyway. So it is going to be interesting to see what what Miami does. I would think Gordon, with the salary um, limitations that you mentioned, that they're going to either have to try to shed salary by trading. Because you know, Damian Lillard said that that's yep. one of the teams they would mm-hmm. be in, he would be interested in the, in the going to. So that's going to you know that helps them out a little bit if they can make that deal, um, because then you know some of that salary will be swallowed up because he makes a lot of money. Lot he of also money. makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> lot the, the, of money. and look, uh, I'm not really going to lose any sleep over the Miami no, Heat improving because they always seem to be able to figure things out on their own. But that's uh, right. I do think that they're in a little bit of a tricky spot. They are. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it for the yeah. moment. 
still trying to figure out what the Knicks are going to do. Mm. You know, but uh, you know, we, we'll we'll worry about that another day. Gordon Damer, it is Game One of the Subway Series this season, and far be it for me to complain. Far be it for me uh-huh. to complain, Gordon. But Harvey was so nice. Harvey and Julian were so nice just to remind me about uh, my ace, Matt Scherzer. Ready, Gordon? Yeah. He has allowed five or more runs in four starts this season. He did so four times in the previous two seasons combined. More Max Scherzer notes. Six runs are tied for the most he's allowed to the Yankees in his career. Also did April 3rd, 2011 when he was with the Tigers. Max Scherzer's second consecutive outing allowing five or more earned runs. Just the fifth time in his career that he's allowed five-plus earned runs in two or more consecutive starts. Last time prior to this season, September 23 and 29, when he was with the Dodgers in 2021. Gordon, the Mets are in serious trouble. Because if he continues like this, and Verlander continues the way he's been going, I don't care what happens. They're not, they're not, it's going to be very hard for them to win at the top. Once again, he left it. He, he, they didn't get five innings out of him. They didn't get four innings out of him tonight. He left in the fourth inning. Yeah. Um, look, who knows how this game will turn out. It's been very back and forth, and the Mets are threatening right now, so it would not surprise me if they tie it up, if they go ahead. The headline of this game at this moment right now is Max Scherzer. Yeah, no question. Because the fact that he was given a 5-1 lead against this Yankee order and could not get through the fourth inning, that is a real that, – that might be his worst start of the season. I mean, you take a look at the, the – the, I know some of the names in the Yankee lineup are notable, but they're not performing even like those names. And there's plenty of names in the Yankee lineup – that just plain out stink. <laughs> so the fact that and, – and here's the thing. Like, he gave up the home run to Stanton. Mm-hmm. And if he had been victimized by the home run ball, maybe I would have felt somehow a little bit better. But the fact that he, he gave up the home run to LeMahieu, but you had a Volpe double, you had Bowers with a hit. I, I mean, you had a bunch of – it wasn't like it was just one mistake pitch mm-hmm. that he gave up. Nope. He gave up hit after hit after hit. And for him not to be able to get through four innings again, Larry, when will the Mets face a weaker lineup than Jake Bowers, Stanton, Torres, Rizzo, who was 0 for 500, it felt like, before this game, mm-hmm. LeMahieu, who has looked washed, Isaiah kind of Leffa, Billy McKinney, Higashi. I mean, come on. You couldn't get through four innings against that? And he looked like he was surprised yeah. that Buck Showalter <laughs> was coming to take him out. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, that's, and here's the thing. Like, the whole time it's been like, I think the feeling has been, well, you know, if Scherzer and Verlander don't get it squared away, the Mets have put themselves in a position where if either of those guys don't get things squared away. Yeah. Like, Verlander could go out tomorrow night and pitch, or tomorrow and pitch really well. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But I think you've you put yourself in a position now four games under 500 and with the other holes that you have in the rotation where you need both Scherzer and Verlander to pitch really well. And mm-hmm. Scherzer has not really showed you many signs that he is going to be consistently Max Scherzer this year. No, he has not. He has not. And 
you you just keep waiting for him to have that outing, mm-hmm. right? Gordon Wayne said, okay, now he's on the right track. Okay, this is something to build on. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, there's like, you know, Ron Darling's, the, the, Met, the broadcasters, they're giving you all these numbers and stats. And, and it's like, well, the fastball is better last time than it was this time. But you can't get the slider over. There's no control over this pitch and no control over that pitch. And you're like... Well, when when is he gonna have control over these pitches? What is the problem here? What is going on? Why is it near the end? Right, going. I mean, pitchers only have a certain amount of pitches in their arm. Is it that he's pitched a lot and thrown a lot, and he's had a great career? He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. But Gordon, he's struggling right now at the end. He's struggling hard. Yeah. I thought when he had that start against Philly, uh, I thought that, all right, he's 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 finally turned things around. I think he had a good start against the Guardians. He had a good start against the Phillies. And then last time out, he goes out against the Braves and gets knocked around. And then tonight, to be given a 5-1. Look, you've got Max Scherzer for a bunch of reasons, win big games late mm-hmm. in the season. But as an ace, your job, go out there, and losing skids, and doldrums, and bad play by your team, and you just take the ball and and make it so, okay, everything is going to be okay. Yep. And he was given a 5-1 lead against the Yankee lineup that, let's be honest, has guys that just are not major league players, and yeah. he was not able to get through four innings. That is that is depressing. And, and look, it's not like the Yankees have lit the world on fire. It's not like Luis Severino let the world on fire. But to me, the headline of the night is Max Scherzer stinking it up. No question about it. As you mentioned, that's what hurts. 5-1 lead in your building. And you couldn't, which is, Gordon, this is not exactly, you know, Yankee Stadium, no. short short right field porch. No, I and mean, it's not you, exactly Murderer's Row either. No, it's not. It's not. And they, they're on it. When they, he was, as hard as it is for me to say it, that's how bad it was for him to give it up. It was, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. I'm looking at this. I'm like, what is going on? 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll talk a little bit about Luis Severino because if you're a Yankee fan, you got to be concerned about him as well. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Three for 16 with runners in scoring position are the New York Mets. <sighs> It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, my four and five hitters just struck out. My four and five hitters struck with out the bases on three loaded. two pitches. With the bases loaded. Three two pitches, Gordon. Three two pitches. When it rains, it pours. Uh, well, look, there's a lot to pick through. You know, we, we talked about Scherzer in the open there, but there's mm-hmm. a lot to pick through in this game. Both teams uh, offensively with some some struggles, uh, defensively with some struggles, pitching uh, for as bad as Max Scherzer was. Luis Severino was just as bad. He was. He was. Uh, and, and, and really troublesome because he, the idea that the Yankee lineup is hurt so the but don't worry because the pitching is going to carry you through. Well, I don't know about that. Severino has not been good. Nestor's not coming back anytime soon. Carlos Rodon might as well be a figment of everybody's imagination. <laughs> I mean, him yeah. and Quintana Cole playing and checkers for rain. Him and Quintana playing checkers because <laughs> they're not pitching. I can no. tell you that no. they're not pitching. And you're right, Gordon. That's why I said. I said the other day, it's amazing. Who would have thought? But 
Domingo Herman has been been huge for the Yankees. He's been huge. Absolutely. No question. I don't and know he, where you'd be without him. Yeah, and and let's be honest, uh, I'm not a fan. I think he's better as a bullpen piece. Clark Schmidt has kind of turned things around. Yes. Uh, yes. From, from the start of the season where it was just, oh, my God, it was just like pulling teeth watching him pitch. Every pitch, every batter, it felt like it was 3-2. It felt like he was at 70 pitches through three innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has kind of turned things around. So um, I generally trust the Yankees to kind of figure out the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And you hope that Severino can, whatever the issue is, didn't seem like he was getting any swings and misses tonight with any of his secondary stuff. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe he's still there's still something up because it doesn't seem like his velocity is back to where it used to be. So that's still a concern. But mm-hmm. um, at this point for the Yankees, it's all about biding time and hoping Aaron Judge comes back and saves us. Yeah, yeah. But but And I know the frustration of, you know, you when you're, when you're struggling the way this Yankee lineup is and you, your pitcher gives up, three runs mm-hmm. and you can't win that game because because Glaber Torres is looking somewhere else. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's you, you know, you can't you know, defensively and I'm not even going to begin to talk about the Met defense. I mean, I'm not even going to which is weird, Gordon, because that's not a Buck Showalter. This is not a Buck Showalter team. It is not. It I mean, from not. tension to detail, the stealing, I mean, they steal base is great. But defense is a struggle. Uh, other than Nimmo, the fielding has not been and great. And Nimmo tonight, what the heck is he doing yeah. with that fly ball by Volpe? Yeah, rare. A rare miscue by him. You know, he's been fabulous at the bat and in the field. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just been, like you said, it's been one of these games. It's been a game tonight that lets you say, you know what? These two teams are not very good right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not very good. No, they're not. Uh, and it's like the Yankee pitching has to be perfect yep. to to kind of cover up for the out. Now, look, they scored seven runs tonight. I think, to me, that is a, a greater indication of the struggles of Max Scherzer. I think the Mets scoring six runs is a greater indication of the struggles of Luis Severino because, you know what, as soon as they went to the bullpen, pretty Shut much nobody has scored since then. Shut them down. Yeah. Shut them down. You know, what, Severino? 10.54 ERA over his last three starts. Highest in the three-start span since 2016. He is, Gordon, as a Yankee fan, he has got to be so frustrating because you know what he can do. You've seen it. And when he gets hurt, he comes back. This is what you normally get when he comes back. You get these outings where it's like, oh, my God, is he ever going to find himself? And then he'll, he'll eventually go through a stretch where he'll give you maybe four or five really good outings, right, where he's like, all right, this is it. This is him. This is this is what we want. And for him, Gordon, this is happening at the worst possible time because if memory serves me correct, his contract's up. And I know they're not renewing him at this rate. They no, can't. No. They can't. How could you? No. I mean, not after the last time you gave him a contract. And really, it's been waiting for him ever to get healthy and really has never been. Uh, he had eight, according to Katie Sharp, uh, 18 sliders for Severino tonight, got zero whiffs on his slider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's not no that's movement. Nope. No movement. Either no movement or not enough difference in speed, velocity for you to, you know, mm-hmm. say, okay, well, maybe this is a fastball. Maybe, maybe. No, that's not. That's the slider. <laughs> I'm not swinging at that. I know what that is. It's amazing. And, and the Mets really could have had a lot more. Early, I mean, early on, they were really 
hitting the ball hard. I mean, even the outs were hard. Uh, Bowers had that catch in right field. Mm-hmm. It was a sensational catch to to save uh, the game at that point. Uh, so, yeah, they got to figure out what's going on with Severino and get him right because the, the pitching has to be almost beyond reproach at this point and, and waiting for someone in the lineup to start getting going. If it's Rizzo, Stanton, if he could ever carry them for a week or two. And, and look, the main question is, when is Judge coming back? It yeah. doesn't seem like we really have a good idea, and it doesn't really feel like it's coming anytime soon. So uh, it would be nice if, if a couple of the, the stars of the lineup, Stanton, Torres, Rizzo, if they could get going and, and carry them for a couple of wins here and just get them to, to stay at like 500 without Judge, that I mm-hmm. think most Yankee fans would sign for right now. Yep, no question about it. So, Gordon, I was wondering, I see um, Kane warming up in the bullpen. No five-out save for uh, your closer? Or is uh, he just or is he just backing up? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's interesting. Holmes, has, he went through those, those struggles, but he has been really good for, I'd say, maybe the last month or so now. Um, I would think that they maybe they just don't want to push him – uh, I'd have to look. How many pitches did he throw in that last inning? It did seem like he kind of worked a little harder. He eh, did. 16 pitches, 10 for strikes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe they just want King to get a, a fresh start here. They did have a, a day off yesterday. They have another day off, I think, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just wants to go you know, use everybody tonight and, and not, not – um, not go back to Holmes, although Holmes, I thought, was – look, it, it was, was close, right? He went 3-2 on, on two guys with the bases loaded, so maybe yeah. he feels like King will be sharper. But the off-speed pitch, it's breaking a little better, Gordon. He, at least yes. he's around the plate. You know, yes. early in the season, he was yes. he was, it was, mm-hmm. it was all Absolutely. over the place. When he's he, off, he's really off. He is. He is. But he's around the plate, so it's it's almost like, is it, is it, is it? Yeah, you know, and and mm-hmm. he was inside, but you know, on the, listen on the on the key three two pitches that he had to get strikes, he got them. He, got, he did get them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And how about uh, you know, I know that he plays a great shortstop, and I know that uh, he, he plays every day. How about Lindor in that spot, man? Come on, Faces that's that, that, here's your chance, man. This is what we're looking. You know, you're you're without Alonzo. You're 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 down a run at home. You've something. been. Pl- Give me something. You're making – he is something. the 10th highest paid player in the sport. Got to give and, me, can you at least give me a sack fly? Something. Get the ball in the air. Do something. You know, I could, you can give me anything. Nothing. 0 for 3 tonight with two walks. Not what, uh, not, not what the doctor ordered. And a sparkling 2-12 average. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer till midnight. <sighs> Gordon. Yes, Larry. I just got a text from a friend. Uh-huh. After tonight's another blown lead, I'm watching no more Mets baseball. I will check in. If they're leading in the ninth inning, I will turn the game on. Well, then, I mean, what are you doing? I don't know who this person is, but, like, you're going to just watch from – you're going to check in enough to know that they have a lead in the ninth inning, but you're not going to watch the game. He can't take it no more. (laughs) He can't take it no more, Gordon. He's done. (laughs) 
He's done. Now, who done. who was the author? Of, was it Clappish that wrote the worst team that money could buy? I believe it was. Yes. Has yes. anybody reached out to Bob Clappish to find out if he's got a sequel up his sleeve? I don't know. I know that there's a long way to go. Bobby Bonilla. But it feels like that, that those, those things don't come together in a week, I would not. I would think that you're... He might be. He, he, he might have already got a. Uh, I'd be interested to know at what point he realized that there was a book in the first team, right? Yeah. Probably uh, that that volatile clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might, have been, might have been. Might have been an idea. <laughs> you know, the characters in that volatile clubhouse might have given him an idea of uh, you know this could be something interesting. I mean, they're 31 and 36. That's right. 31 and 36. And, and what? And what's their the, last 11. And what's the excuse? Look, I don't think the Yankees are a good team even when healthy. But the Mets are, I mean, they're, they're pretty much healthy. Yeah. I mean, I know Alonzo's out right now, and that's a big mm-hmm. piece to lose. But they, they stunk when he was there. Yeah. And it's pitching, Gordon. Yeah. It's been pitching. And once again, when they give you runs, they don't get the pitching. Mm-hmm. And that's the sign of a bad team. There you go. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to the phone. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? I feel for you, Larry. Maybe the commissioner at the All-Star break will come in with a play-in format for the National League. It's uh, I feel for you and my other they buddies would make it. Are <laughs> Their bullpen is horrible. That's that's what I see and too. The starters are not great either. <laughs> yeah, well, I told you Sunday that um, that Steve Cohen paid uh, for thirty and two thirty-year-old pitchers and got two forty-year-old pitchers. But again, I asked you Sunday and I checked it, and you were correct. Where were the Phillies at this time last year? And with the Yankees, Gordon, you know, Yankees are in a tough division, but if they hang on like you alluded to before till Judge comes back, their bullpen's been pretty good. And you're right on Holmes. He looks like his ball's moving pretty well. But their base is loaded and you strike out three and four hitters. It's unacceptable. I don't know if uh, he's going to react quickly, the the owner. I don't think he's that type of guy. No, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything, Spike. You already told us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with that. Well, real tip, uh, you know, it's the end of the basketball season, so mm-hmm. I call West Creek when we But sure. just want to tip my cap. Um, it's a storybook ending for for the uh, – should have been the MVP in the league. Uh, a lot of reasons. I think English is probably his third language. Um, he's very unemotional. His, his daughter's adorable. The the, the brothers are. It's a, it's a whole trip. Those guys. It's a wonderful story. Forty first draft pick. So the scouts messed up, and he does stuff on the court. Um, I give Miami. They they tried their best. They really, as I told you Sunday and you Saturday, Gordon. Their path is very was very very narrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had two, three good minutes, but, and they, they have a shot 19% from three. And, uh, I, I, but the passes, and, and I'm a technical guy, you know that, Larry, the back cuts and, and the side cuts, and someone's always cutting, and and uh, they couldn't, well, they make one out of 19 from three. But the point mm-hmm. is that he rose to the occasion, 
And I'll tell you another thing. I don't like that lead official. They let him play last night. But they did. Jokic could have. Jokic could have had a 14 for 17 game from the free throw line last night. They were yeah. they were chopping him up pretty good. But anyway, listen, uh, the best team won, no question about it. And now we uh, the drafts next week, I believe, and now we go through that uh, the rumor mill season, which the NBA is overtaking every sport, and we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, wrapping it up, I'm happy for the young man. I loved his innocent reaction. I want to go home, you know, I, and I understand that. He, it looks like he has a wonderfully tight knit family, and he certainly lived up to his billing because if you look at the stats. He's as efficient. You can't have a better playoff series than he had all 16 games. So they're the champions. Last thing, and and, then just hang in there with the Mets. There's nothing else you could do, Larry. Uh, I felt bad that uh, the father couldn't be there uh, because I'm sure you interviewed him over the years, Larry, right? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I've spoken with him a couple times. Yeah, Yeah. he's a good guy. Local guy, New York mm-hmm. guy, went to Rice High School, and he's probably, I guess, early 80s now. And he never really coached one team maybe for a little while, but he was an assistant everywhere. And this Michael Malone, he's not Spolstra, but he's a good coach. And uh, I just realized he's been there eight years. Isn't that amazing? And, 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 he, and he didn't make the playoffs the first three, and they kept him. So this guy owns the Dodgers, I think, also. So, look. It's all over for the basketball, the baseball. Gordon, I think the Yankees will hang in until Judge comes back. Then we'll see. But last thing, I looked at the standings. And the first, if you go overall, you know, all 30 teams, the first five teams, I would have bet you anything at the beginning of the season, three of those teams wouldn't have been in the first five with Arizona and Baltimore and all that. So baseball's funny. Boys, enjoy the uh, baseball. Larry, they'll come back. Maybe you'll get a good game tomorrow. And I'll talk to you later on. All right, Spike, thanks for the phone call. You know what, Gordon, uh, was interesting? Talk about Michael Malone and his comparison with Eric Spolstra. When Michael Malone figured out just moving um, Jokic from the top to the side in the zone, the zone was the zone mean meant nothing to Denver. <laughs> it meant right. nothing to them, and that was the big thing that was killing their offense because they were they still never recovered from three. They didn't. They shot threes much better in the regular season, much better in previous postseason rounds than they did against Miami. But it was the fact once they got that zone, then it was okay. We're not hitting our threes, but you know what? We can get we can break the zone down easier. That and the fact that Gordon missed a ton of free throws last night. Denver did. They ton did. of free throws. Yeah. I, I I was just uh, uh, thinking, could you ever imagine a coach in New York getting eight years without winning, especially in the NBA, right? Like you think about when he got there, um, they weren't all, a great team. I think they were 500 the first couple of years or so. But the last couple of years, they, they've been pretty good and have not won. It feels like in, in most situations – the coach would be if you if you were going to make a change after winning 45 46 47 games and not winning uh it feels like the coach might be the guy who was the sacrificial lamb and they stuck mm-hmm. with him and and it worked that was the right move yeah, it <laughs> was, was the right no move. question and think about this Gordon Murray and Jokic coming off the bench mm-hmm. they were bench but they were even starters mm-hmm. they were coming off the bench in their first couple of years there so it was you know look it, it's 
It's about pace. And but what do we we talk about that a lot, right? We talk about how you've got to have some consistency in your front office. You got to have some consistency on the sidelines. And it, you're right. Here, uh, he would have been he would have been out long time ago. Oh, long time ago. Long time. He, he, he'd still be looking for. He would wonder what hit him. He'd have been gone so fast. But. You know, listen. Look, Nick well, fans want to get rid of Tibbs after going to the playoffs a couple of times in three years. So absolutely, yeah. But once again, as the owner in Denver, I can relax a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I don't have that pressure of you know, even though they haven't won and they hadn't won anything, they at least they were good in their ABA years. But I mean, you know, there there really was a, there wasn't really a high level of expectation for them. And then once they start to roll and you start to see something, hey, you know what, something's building here. So give give him credit because he uh, he stuck with those guys and he didn't have to. <laughs> Believe you me, it is rare in the NBA, even in, especially in New York, but elsewhere around it. Look at Monty Williams, Gordon. Yeah, oh, I mean, the coaching carousel in the NBA, the, the worst thing you can do is win a Coach of the Year award because you know by <laughs> midway of the next year, you're, you're, you're going to be on the hot seat for sure. More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. They had zero lottery luck. This team wasn't built through any, you know, jumping up in the lottery. The highest draft pick is Jamal Murray. He was seventh. They didn't get anybody to demand a trade here. They didn't really make any significant free agent signing. Their free agent signing was Bruce Brown. They basically drafted really well, developed really well, persevered really well, because if you go back and look at this eight-year run, they missed the playoffs the first three years of Jokic's career. Michael Malone could have gotten fired, probably would have in some other teams. They dealt with injuries, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray with devastating injuries. They came through it. And so this championship, look, all championships are incredibly special, but when you win one organically and you win one like this where this team uh, hasn't won one in 47 years, it has a special feel to it. Our Brian Windhorst reflecting on how the Denver Nuggets were built, their road to success on ESPN New York tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to the phones. Let's hear from Jose in Brooklyn. Hey, Jose, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry and Gordon. How are you guys today? Jose, what's going on? Well, I just wanted to get some points out uh, for tonight, and I definitely wanted to go over, you know, my 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 movie review on Saturday, Gordon and um, Larry. And so, but just to get uh, first things first, Subway series. I'm uh, sorry, I'm not sorry, Larry. I, I refuse to just lose to the Mets just to let some of my Mets friends be happy. Not against the Yankees, so. I don't. I don't feel sorry for that, and I and I hope Gordon feels the same way. Do you? Do you, Gordon? Uh, oh, I feel bad for Larry, but I don't feel bad that the Yankees won. No. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I don't um, like to see a friend suffer, but if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You know. I, I what am I going to say? You know. And I wouldn't expect him to feel right, bad. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So there we go. All right. So um, just to go over that and. Uh, for the Subway Series, I um, just uh, it, it, it's just uh, it just these two teams are just bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, 
movie, as far as for the movie review, to sandwich this in there, the movie that I went to see with my nephews uh, was called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was very decent. It's about the uh, Miles Morales uh, movie, and I thought it was fantastic. It has a lot of points, and one of the things that you guys stuck out, because I am a teacher, I will never claim I'm a parent, because that's totally different. You guys live a 24-7 lifestyle with your kids, and every single beat I just have you know my students for you know for a certain amount of time but there was a lot of things that were encompassing within that movie because it looks like you know Miles is going through his identity fix that most teenagers go through you know at that 15 16 age and where they're kind where they're breaking away from the parents traditions and going through that and it, it, it was really a lot of great themes where you even see from the parents perspectives of how they're trying to raise Miles in a correct manner, which, you know, I, I it brought me back to when you guys always speak about parenting when you're talk, talking about your kids and how great they are. And by the way, I don't mean to age you, Gordon, but, you know, I still remember when, you know, the, when, when you, you, you still just became a new parent. So that, that, oh, my that God. Long ago. That's a lifetime <laughs> ago now. I've been through the wars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so there we go. And um, as far as for the NBA, my NBA point, because I do appreciate that Windhorse, you know, uh, monologue that he said with the team, because it takes time to build these teams. And I caution a lot of the personalities, especially some of us Nick fans who are saying, we need to retool. Am I open to the idea of having new new players and possibly making a roster shift that possibly changes the makeup? Of course I am. If it's going to make the team better and it's going to make us more competitive, I'm definitely open to the idea. But this idea that we need to hurry up and rush right now, I'm just not a big believer in. That's counterintuitive to what other teams and processes have done. Like Toronto Raptors had stood together almost six, seven years before they made the trade for Kawhi and made that decision, and that was a lot of losing in the playoffs. Here we've just been in the playoffs two out of the three years. This is still the the middle process, you know, and and that's the one thing that I do caution. And I know it may not be the popular opinion, but I just wanted to get that out there. Thank you, guys. All right, Jose, thanks for the phone call. Um, listen, Gordon, it's – of course, I would not expect you to say, well, you know what, Larry's suffering with the Mets. I hope the Yankees, well, maybe right. the Yankees no, can lose not. these games. until. No, the, no absolutely not. Of course not. No way. No, you, you ride with your team mm-hmm. or you die with your team yeah. like I am. <laughs> you, you go either way. You, you know, they did what they're supposed to do. You know, it's not, hey, Gordon, it's not their fault that, that Scherzer couldn't hold a 5-1 lead. <laughs> no, it is not, right? You finally come out, you get some runs early. And, and I, you know, I brought up this point on Saturday, and the more I think about it, I, I think it, I actually stumbled upon some. It almost feels like the Mets have a bit of a glass chin, like mm-hmm. they're they're mentally soft. Like you take a look last year, right? They, they led the NL East throughout the season, but when the rubber hit the road, they melted down. They melted down in that series against the Braves. Almost felt like they didn't really recover. They lose that series to the Padres. They got one hit in the in the deciding game of a wild card series with all the games at home. This year, what was the story coming into the year? Mets World Series or bust. And may, maybe it's just the pressure of playing under that th- those expectations 
because it never has felt like that they have found a groove at all this year. And it, it was making me think, remember when Buck said the other day about, you know, I'm proud of them. Mm-hmm. Buck yeah. is a guy that in the past has had the reputation of being a real kind of drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to know the right thing to say when you have a certain way about going. It's almost like parenting. When you have a certain way about going about things, but you know the people that you're talking to are not going to respond to your type of approach. So you Mm -hmm. don't really know what to say. And it almost feels like that maybe he said that because he knows that if he, if he's the drill sergeant or if he's Mr. Obvious or Mr. Um, Mr. Honest, they are not going to respond to that. Well, so maybe that's where that, that, that comment about being proud of them, even though they had played like that in Atlanta came from. It could be Gordon. That that's, that's an interesting point. And I guess to further validate that, look what Steve Cohen said in his interview. Mm-hmm. I'm not firing anybody right now. What good does that do? You know, and, and listen, once again, it's his team. He can do what he wants to do. We understand that. But Gordon, as a person who is and was a Mets fan, I mean, something something's yeah. not right with this team. And no. uh, listen, I'm happy he spoke out. I'm happy he said something. He needed to have said something after that Atlanta series. And then, of course, Gordon, I mean, they had a closed-door meeting after the 14-run bar- barrage that, that the Pirates gave him on Friday night. He had to say something. I mean, yeah. you, you, after being wiped out by Atlanta, and then you go in in game one against a, it's an improving Pittsburgh team, but not 14, not 14 runs. And the five runs that they got late in the game was just, you know, like, like boring runs. <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, you know, it didn't matter. It was over. Mm-hmm. Garbage time. Yeah. So it was just like, like, you know, what, what is, what are you doing there? And I tell you one thing, Billy, Billy Epler, he, I know he's not sleeping well. Because he's got to do something at this trade deadline to get the, to get something done, and right now, you know, we talk about a bat, a bat, a bat. Gordon, the bat—I hate to say it—but the bat's gonna have to take a backseat again. They gotta get some arms in that bullpen, because once again, Scherzer goes with three, three in the third. Verlander didn't get out of the fourth inning last in his last start. I mean, the, the bullpen has got to get 15, 18 outs. And oh, guess what? Which we didn't talk about. Yeah, Drew Smith is gonna be gone for 10, 10, 10 games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's out. Ugh. And the and the trade deadline is is still a long way away. I know it is. It's over a month. It's about yeah, a month away. That's, that's a long, a lot of know, baseball. That's like you know somebody's drowning in a river, and you, you I need I need a, a life raft. You, I, give me a month. I'll get you. A, I'll get you a life raft in a month. They, they, I mean, they need help now. They need something now. They need a spark now. And it doesn't yeah. really seem like um, it's not it, it's not a self a self starting spark it seems like something has to come from the outside to get things pointed in the right direction yeah and it's crazy because once again as we said it's 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 nothing comes together at the at the same time nope the run score no pitching pitching no runs uh Offense, no defense. It's just something. There's always something that's going on with this team. For those of you leaving leaving City Field, want to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Yankee fan or Met fan, want to hear from both of you. Uh, let's talk to Eddie in Rockland. Eddie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, fellas? I want to get on the uh, the Barkley situation. Right, I can I see, see both sides of uh, that. He, I understand that and the contract, and it's, and it's short for running back. But really the problem is, they should just make a new rule that at three years, the team has to negotiate or trade them 
so they can get that big pop because they do run out of steam a little bit too early before everybody else. But as far as Barkley, I don't mind keeping him for the Giants. I'm a big running back guy, go all the way back to Dickerson. And, you know, I didn't see Gail Sears, but uh, anybody, but all the way Earl Campbell. If they did the one-two punch, like they used to have Ron Dane and Thunder and Lightning and the one-two and use Barber on the outside, but you have to get a, uh, a guy who can line up on third and three and, and, and make a three-yard run up the middle. They need two things like the Jets do. Third and three guy that can make a run because once you go shotgun, they already know what you're doing, okay? And uh, a tight end that could, take a, that could block a big defensive end coming in hard and could take a three-yard pass and run seven more yards with it. If the Jets and the Giants got those two players, they, they should be pretty good. All right, Eddie, thanks for the phone call. Listen, and, and we're up against the update, so we'll come back and talk about it more on the other side. But it's very simple. For the price, and this is nothing personal against Saquon Barkley, but for the price I'm paying Saquon Barkley because I drafted him number two overall, I could get four running backs, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> who could run. Who I could get a guy who could give me on third and short and a guy who could run and another guy who could catch the ball out of the backfield. They're devalued. It's just the way it is. It's the way the sport is right now. You know, it's, it's unfortunate because in this situation, Saquon Barkley, the Giants need it. We'll continue the conversation in Gordon's response next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.